I do have some people where they're like, yeah, there don't. we go. I do have some people and it's like, Hey, listen, dude, like, let's put you at 400 grams of carbs. Like we'll take this slow. And like, you know, 400 grams of carbs, whatever, 60 grams of fat, you know, they're eating good amount of calories, nothing crazy, but a good amount of calories. That's plenty to be able to like grow, to be in a, in a, be in a position for hypertrophy. You know what I mean? But then it's like, we'll slowly taper that. With me, it's like, you put me on 400 grams of carbs, I'm just going to get fucking softer and fucking it's like slower in the gym. And like, eventually like nothing happens and I just look shitty. And it's like, <laughs> I either have to be super progressive. And then even that, it takes a dive sooner or later, which is why, you know, we were doing the mini cut that we were doing. And I only had really two pushups over the course of uh, a couple of years there. But um, yeah, I, my, my genetics suck. Well, that's, that's really, well, that's I know like, some people are like, yeah. Well, that's the part you got to be like with the coach. Like you don't really know how someone's body's going to respond. Right. And you're like, fuck, like you want to, like you want to push up and you want to push hard, but you know, kind of the limit of the person and you're like, mm, how much more can we push up? And that's like, that's like the hard part. Right. Because we want to keep pushing up. We want to keep pushing things. Like that's how we, that's how we keep progressing. And like, there's, there's going to be a point where it's just like not worth it. Like for me, like we got to like 600 grams of carbs on my, um, on my training days. And I think I got up to like 300 on my rest. So I was very, very small on my rest, but my fats got up to like 110 grams. So I was, it's just a fucking lot. I hate, I hate that many grams of fat. People are like, Ooh, I love that many grams of fat. I'm like, try eating a hundred, try eating a hundred plus grams of fat for, for every, every third day and see how you feel. I was like, you're going to feel shit. They're like, Ooh, but dark chocolate. I was like, yeah, dark chocolate was my fucking friend during that, during that time, dude, 95%. Dark chocolate. Dude, I love I love dark chocolate. And during the off season, when my fats were that high, because I have three non-training days a week. I only train four days a week. My body can't handle more than four right now. I I'll, so I have three non-training days, and my fats were like 125 grams on non-training days, and carbs probably got up to like 400 grams or something like that, right? So like I I would literally have like you know whatever three four bars of dark chocolate. All I went down to 70 grams 70 percent dark chocolate just because I'm like oh fuck it dude I cannot eat 95 percent I can't eat 80 percent anymore like I need by the time I was done with my last push up I'm like I never want to look at chocolate again. I'm good. <laughs> I, 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 I got so done with it man I got I but yeah. I'm hooked on 95 percent like just like it tastes good. This is my inner fat boy man I've been I've been looking. I have a pro. I've been looking at food videos. I've been, I was, I've been dying in now. And I've been looking at food videos. This is this the issue. You play one food video and YouTube automatically just pops up. They're all in your recommendations. You're just like, fuck it. I was like, well, I'm going down the rabbit hole. I'm just going to be sipping on my diet Coke over here. <laughs> like having a fun day. It's like, yeah. mm, great. It's You're like, how same. do I make this? How do I make this diet Coke taste like a burger? Hmm. Yeah. exactly well my, my my favorite channel and for in for like legitimately like even if i wasn't in a bodybuilder like i know some people do this to themselves when they're in prep because they just like to look at food but like my my legitimate favorite thing to watch on tv is chopped like i love food network i love like iron chef chopped like guys grocery games like that's my shit you know what i mean it's on all the time but then like when i'm dieting it's like torture but i'm like i don't want to watch anything else you know the cool thing about chopped and shit too is like when you're dieting you know how you can't sit still and like you really can't pay attention to anything it doesn't matter how good the show is or how good the movie is like you're not going to sit there and watch an entire hour show or movie with like things like chopped and food network and shit it's always on repeat it's always the same show and they're like these quick little bursts and like i don't have to pay attention to it like so like so it's always on when i'm dieting and it's like the worst thing i can do to myself it's fucked up <laughs> i'm just such up. a fab dude we, we had an episode this week um I had my boy Braden on and we were just, it's our usual Monday episode that we come out with. And we were just talking about food, like for like the half for half the episode, it was just food talk. And I'm like, it was us today in the gym. I, I, I still train a few clients in the gym and on Fridays I have, I have two of my favorite clients in the morning and uh, I, I'm, I'm there with, uh, with one of the other trainers and literally the entire fucking morning, the two hours that I was training people, the entire thing was about food. Have you ever been to Disney world? <laughs> yeah. Have you ever had Gideon's cookies from Disney Springs? No, I haven't been there in a long time, though. Oh, dude, you got it. Oh man, I'm it's worth it for you <laughs> to hop you. on a plane this look weekend. Look at you. You're so look. You're fucked. <laughs> you're <laughs> I I'm completely totally fucked for sure. That, that I just told you. I'm eating 120 grams of carbs today. Of course I'm. Fucked. Yeah, I'm not there yet. No, these cookies. Yeah. Okay. These cookies about are the shit, Anthony. They're, they're, they're the shit. You got it. You got it. I'm telling you like make, make, make a weekend trip. You're only what? Like 12 hours away from Disney world. Go. Do oh it. yeah. Yeah. No, I'm like, I'm like 18. Are you really? No, I'm six, I'm hours, like hours, I'm six away. hours away from Nashville. Oh, that's because you're a little bit more West, I guess a little bit more West. 
Just slight, just just slightly. I'm in New Jersey, dude, and I'm 20 hours away from Disney. I've made that drive before, so there's okay, no. Okay, so maybe like I, 17 then, because usually it's like three and a half. Because because you're from South. Yeah, Georgia, you're right. right. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Because right. I'm from Philly. Yeah, I'm, I'm probably like three and a half hours. So yeah, you're so right. It takes okay. me like three hours. It takes me about three hours to get down get down here from home. So, but yeah, um, no, maybe I will. Maybe I'll go to Disney. Who knows? Maybe I'll just take a surprise trip. Maybe I'll get lean and just go say fuck it. Let me go. Let me go to Disney. Have a turkey leg. <laughs> On your next, on your next, uh, on your next high day, on your next leg day. You yeah, know? my next leg day. Let me just take a flight real quick. Um, yeah. No, but uh, I have Tim on the show. If you guys don't know, I mean, I was on his podcast what two weeks ago, three weeks ago, two, three, I think three at this so, point. Like, that was recent. Yeah, it's kind of recent. I mean, yeah, that was a good episode though. I fucking loved it. We got some good fantastic feedback. episode. Yeah, because I bring the heat every single time I podcast. That's why. Straight. Yeah. So. Um, let's get into you a little bit. Let's, uh, let's dig into you. Like, how'd, how'd you get into, how'd you get into this game? Like just in general, like, I know you said you coach, you still, you still coach people like in person. Um, you do some in-person training. Um, so kind of go into how you got into, into the whole, the whole fitness realm. Well, the fitness realm, and as far as like, you know, um, training in general, right. Because that's something that's always going to be a passion of mine. So like when I say I still train people in person, I have like, uh, you know, I don't know, maybe like four or five clients in person that I work with on a consistent basis. And that's it. So I've dialed that down to just literally two days a week uh, because of the online coaching. But the 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 uh, in-person training game, are you there or am I frozen? Because it looks, oh, there he is. There I was frozen for a second. You weren't blinking though. You weren't <laughs> blinking. I picked up on that. I got um, the internet connection is unstable now this time. Oh nice. shit, son of a nice. All right. Well, but uh as far as getting into the training game, that was a long time ago. You know what happened? I actually and 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 I've talked about this on a couple of different podcasts. I'll try to keep it short. But in high school, all right, I was like one of the worst students on the face of the earth in high school. Like I was destined to not make it, you know, in four years out of high school, like destined because I skipped every single class. I just, I didn't want to be there from day one. When I, when, as soon as I got into freshman year and I'm like, wait, nobody, I can just walk out this door. Like nobody's going to stop me from skipping school. Like, all right, peace. And like, I, there was literally school years where like, it's just every class I'd get an incomplete just be, for not showing up. Right. So when I got to my senior year, I was like, oh shit, I'm really not going to graduate. Like literally one of the, you know, the guidance counselor over was pulled me to the side. They're like, you, you have very little chance of graduating this year. Like you need to work hard, but like, there's very little chance of you graduating. That's when I was like, oh shit, I got to get my ass in gear. So I, so I was doing all this, you know, extracurricular stuff to be able to get my credits up so that I could actually graduate with my friends and whatnot um, to the extent in which on my senior year, I had never, ever passed a gym class, right? I, I, to that point, I had never passed gym class. I had skipped every gym class. So this, so this senior year, I had four gym classes in a row to finish my day. So I would literally go from like, you know, morning classes. I had a class during lunch to try to make up credit. And then I would literally go straight from that lunch to four straight gym classes. And the gym teachers, yeah. The gym teachers let me do two gym classes where I had to do one gym class with coach chick, one, one gym class with the other gym teacher. And then the last two gym classes, they let me spend in the weight room, right? Up until that point, I had no business in the weight room. Didn't, didn't never cared about it. Didn't know what it was. Like I said, I was just smoking pot, skipping school every day, skateboarding around, living life. You know what I mean? Um, so I, I get into the weight room for these gym classes and sooner or later, I don't know what happened. I don't want, I don't know what sparked, but I'm like, you know what? I'm going to start lifting weights. And uh, I was the small kid in school, like big, like the super, super tiny kid. Like when I was in when it's my senior year, I was probably like 130 pounds. I still have pictures from back then when I'm hanging out with all my friends. And like, I'm clearly like the smallest dude in the bunch. You know what I oh, mean? Same. Um, same, just, same. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just a skinny little tiny, tiny dude. So, you know, sooner or later, I guess it dawned on me to start lifting weights, being in these, being in the weight room and these, you know, this, this, these two gym periods. So essentially like two hours, I guess, or whatever it was that I was in the weight room. Um, and, and I don't know, it just clicked, man. Like, I honestly, I, I really don't remember the exact moment that I fell in love with it, but it just clicked. Um, and it became something that like, even my buddies knew that it was, it was starting to become something that was more of a passion for me and I was really enjoying. Um, and back then, remember I'm, I'm old as fuck. So back then you could still walk into GNC and basically buy steroids. Like back then it was like one AD was big, one uh, AD and four AD, I think it was. And they had these things called mag tens that were like little, uh, they were, they were more one AD poppers. They even had like a spray. I remember using this spray where you just, like, it was a, 
a topical one AD spray that was badass from Ergo Farm. Um, but we and we had like ephedrine and caffeine back then. Um, you know, everything was like pretty badass back then in GNC. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I remember going into GNC and uh, I actually ended up walking out of Kitchen Out. I still to this day have no idea what this product was, but there was a horse on the label. There's just it was just a white bottle, like a horse on the label. That's all I remember. And I remember popping these pills and I literally put on you know whatever it was like five eight ten pounds i don't remember it was i was just like i was noticeably fuller my strength went through the roof i went from the guy that was benching like 10 pounds price, on each side. price of d-ball <laughs> yeah it probably was back then dude it probably was a lot of stuff back then did get pinched for d-ball um and and, and winstrol and other uh anabolics back then it, they really they really were getting pinched for that um i remember there's this stuff called hot stuff if you google it there's a powder called hot stuff. And I remember that actually got banned because it tested positive for D ball specifically. But anyway, I, I start, you know, using this stuff and I'm benching and my bench goes from like 10 pounds on each side to eventually I get the big boy plates on there. I got the 45, like obsessed with benching now. And it's, it's just this thing that had like this consistent evolution in, in one way, shape or form. Uh, you know, it just kept getting, I just kept getting more and more and more into it. And at this time, I'm also struggling with the reality that I'm about to graduate high school or I should have been graduating high school in four years anyway. I, I, but I was, I was at that point in my life where it's like, dude, you got to shit or get off the pot. Like you can't be this, you know, pot smoking teenager anymore. Like you got to do something with yourself. All your friends are getting ready to go to college. Like, what are you going to do with yourself? And, and I remember taking all these little tests as a senior in high school in terms of like, you know, what do you enjoy doing? What is this? What is that to, to kind of, you know, prompt you for what it is that you should be learning about for your future. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and, and, and I just kept remember coming back with like these random fucking things and it was different every time and I had no path. Right. So I'm starting to enjoy this thing. And it sooner or later it dawned on me. I'm like, dude, I really do like this. And uh, I graduated high school. I actually did not graduate with everybody else. Mind you, it took me a little bit more. I had to go to summer school. Um, so I actually graduated with a high school diploma from an adult school. So it's not a GED. It's not a GED, you sons of bitches. It's, <laughs> I, I got a high school diploma from an adult school, uh, but I had to finish that summer. So in that summer, I had finished um, all my credits. I, I graduated high school. And then from there, I immediately was like, all right, what am I going to do next? Well, everybody else, like I said, getting ready to go to college. I decided to actually get a job at GNC because GNC, at least back then, I'm not sure if they still do, but they had a reimbursement program. Where like if you wanted to be a personal trainer or um, even go to school as far as dietetics is concerned or nutrition is concerned in some way, shape or form, they would, they would you know, help you with your tuition or reimburse you for your personal training certificate. So I got my NASM cert and GNC actually reimbursed most of it, um, if not all of it, I think, actually. Um, all I had to do was do the stupid GNC University and I was in there and that took me like a day to get done. So, uh, you know, that, that was pretty cool. And then, um, so from there I got certified and i got my first job training and i think 2004 okay. no i'm sorry it was 2005 then i got my first job training in 2005 yeah you might, be a bit old. In yeah, you might be a bit old <laughs> yeah exactly exactly <laughs> so so in 2005 i started in-person training uh, but at the same time i was still working at gnc and and I, I actually had my first kid in 2007 so i was a young father so uh, you know when i was at gnc and i, I found out i was going to have a kid I was like, you know what? I was looking for stability. So I ended up, you know, climbing the ladder a little bit at GNC, which um, at first it was just managerial stuff in different stores or whatever. But then I ended up being the uh, senior regional sales director for GNC years later. I worked with GNC for almost 11 years. Um, so I was there for a long time and, and, and kind of climbed that corporate ladder. And sooner or later, as I took on more responsibility at GNC, I had to uh, get rid of the personal training. But up until a certain point, I was a personal trainer, loved it, did everything I could. And it was a really hard decision for me to go from personal training into GNC full time. But eventually I made that decision for the young family that I was trying to you know, support. Um, so it wasn't until years later, actually, that I got back into training. Uh, GNC actually went public. So when I was with GNC, they were not a public entity. They were, you know, owned and operated in a very specific way. Um, and then when a company goes public, there's a lot of things that change. In fact, when GNC went public, the CEO let, you know, obviously there's a board now. So like the CEO is no longer there. The they changed everything, right? Like yep. everything. And it was shortly thereafter that I was like, you know what, dude, I don't want to be a part of this fucking like Vitapak, like nonsense. And like you go into a GNC now, they're trying to sell you on like everything 
this, that, and third. Like it wasn't, it wasn't a hundred percent like that when I was there. We still had like metrics that we had to hit when I was there, but it wasn't, it wasn't as bad as it is today. So when I saw it start to go that route, I was like, I'm out of here. And when I left GNC, I immediately went back to the gym industry. Um, and that was, I don't even know what year that was. I've probably been back in the gym industry now for at least like 10 years. Um, but to, to kind of speed things up here in 2013, was when, you know, Instagram came out, everything was starting to move in the right direction as far as like bikini, uh, men's physique, and the world of fitness kind of opened up, right? Because prior to 2013, the world of fitness was still not something that you really wanted to gamble on as far as a career, right? There were very, very few people before the explosion of social media that were making six figures in the fitness world. Like it didn't matter, even, even back then, because of the, the way the corporate gym had seized the gym industry, like most personal training studios weren't even making it. So it wasn't like I had the inspiration at the time or the aspiration at the time to say, you know what, I'm going to be my own trainer. I'm going to do this. Like, no, I can, I, and I was making, you know, 80, you know, I was making good money working as a personal training manager for one of these, you know, uh, commercial uh training clubs yeah so it was kind of like that that was there it was it was lucrative at the time and i was doing it but again even that you could see the writing on the wall if you were somebody that was into fitness and and, and you were kind of there for the right reasons instead of the wrong reasons like you could see the writing on the wall where that was going um and when i say that i mean in commercial gyms they really just take your money like they don't give a fuck about you know the, the quality of the trainer they don't give a fuck about like the you know the quality of the result or anything like that sooner or later that 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 industry has turned into what it is now which where i'm at locally is just a shit show um and there's very few of those commercial gyms that are still making it right it's like la fitness is like the one that kind of stands out but and like crunches but other than that by us there's really no like big commercial gyms left it's all smaller you know mom and pop owned gyms now but anyway um you know back then there wasn't a clear route for me to take so when social media kind of took off you know, there was just this, and there wasn't a lot of online coaching back then yet either. Like nobody was a really like um, low level, so to speak, online coach that made it. Back then it was like Matt Porter was starting to come into his own. Like there were these high-end bodybuilding coaches that yeah. were online coaches, but there really wasn't like the low level, like Joe Schmo guy like myself that is able to make a good living out of it, uh, you know, on, 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 you know, with 5,000 followers on his Instagram. You know what I mean? Like that hadn't kind of evolved yet. But at the same time, there was an avenue there that had started to be, to be created, um, you know, and, and, and I saw it and I just grabbed it and I ran with it. And to be honest with you, I didn't really know what I was doing. I had worked with somebody at that point in time um, who's a really well-known person. I don't like to say who it is because they're a very well-known person in the industry still today. And I had a, a miserable experience working with this individual. Fucking hate it. I'll tell you well, off we'll air. Discuss Fucking it off we'll discuss it off air. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, at the end of the day, I, I kind of just took what I had learned from him in terms of at least the communication aspect and how he's doing things from a communication aspect. And I'm like, I could, I could basically do this. And if this guy is doing it this way, and I know it sucked for me, maybe I can try doing it this way, the way that it works for me and other people, it'll, it'll resonate with other people. Um, so I had a few right in 2013, I think I probably brought like, I don't know, anywhere from like probably like eight people into shows in 2008 and 2013, including like bikini competitors. Um, so, so men's physique guys, a, body, a couple bodybuilders, you know, like I, I ran the gamut of different um, people that I had been working with as far as genders, at least. Um, so it was, it was one of those things where it was kind of exciting. I, I saw the writing on the wall. Um, at that point though, I wasn't ready to make it a career. I didn't go full blast. I was still training and enjoying, you know, making the money that I was making with training. Um, but it was really shortly thereafter that I started to see like, mm, there's a lot to be done here. There's a lot of money to be made. Um, but like I said, my, my, my real passion is in-person training. So it took me a long time to get away from that. So I kind of always edged around the idea of being 50, 50, whereas like, I'm going to have my online clients and then I'm going to have my in-person clients and I'm not necessarily going to go full bore one way or the other. Right. So I, I, I got comfortable in a gym here that allowed me to do all the online coaching through the gym. So literally all my billing, I was the nutrition department at the gym. So all my billing went through the gym. Like when you signed up as a client, it's basically you were signed up to the gym, um, but we would have like, you know, a monthly package that was representative of the coaching. So it was kind of cool in that sense where I was like the, the nutrition, you know, department and people would come to me. And, uh, you know, from that point on, I said, you know, I was making so much more money online than I was in coaching. That's when things started to kind of go in that, in that direction where it was like, okay, my online business is growing. The in-person training is shrinking. And just a couple short years later, because this is, you know, this is as of 2018. So a couple short years later, 
um, 2019, I actually decided to leave that gym for the first time and just completely and totally go out on my own as far as coaching is concerned. And I was scared shitless, you know, but at the same time, it was, it was, it was also rewarding in the sense that for the first time working for myself, truly and honestly, and it was going to be a scenario where nobody's going to tell me what to do. I was going to handle things my own way. You know, it was, it was going to be fantastic in that sense. So I was kind of excited, kind of scared shitless year one did not go as well as I would like it to. Um, you know, I probably made less money year one than I had made, you know, in whatever 15 years previous to that. So it was a big, big, like, you know, wake up call. Um, and then year two, 2020, you know, we ended up in a position shortly thereafter where COVID hit. And, and, and to be honest, I don't even know what happened and how kind of COVID, you know, extended my business or, or, or evolved my business. But at the end of the day, I had just been plugging away for so long. And I think that consistency, you know, tend to snowballed. And, uh, you know, it finally got to a point in 2020 where I kind of got, I guess, maybe like the local recognition that I deserved for being like the guy that was a trainer, the guy that was an online coach consistently, because we had a lot in my local area. It's a very fitness oriented area where they would come and go all the time. You know what I mean? Like this was the new kid on the block. That was a new kid on the block. And I, I think I was kind of the person that was there just kind of consistently over this period of time. So as of 2020, my business had literally like doubled and then tripled within the same year. And then 2021 came along and it, and it doubled again. And like now I'm here and it's, you know, just been one of those rides where, it's cool to look back at it now, uh, but I really think it materialized rapidly over the course of the last two years, more so than it was, um, you know, uh, this story of 2013 to now. But isn't it kind of funny how people think, people think like coaches, and we discussed this on my podcast on your episode, right, where we were talking about me and where I'm at, right, and I'm in like the beginning phases compared to you, where you are at right now. I'm in like the baby phase. Isn't it All kind right. of funny how people think like the baby phase as you grow rapidly, like but it took you, what, seven, six, seven years to really start to actually grow rapidly in terms of growing your coaching and getting that recognition. Because I think that's the hardest part about it, right, is, is the you could prep people, you could do that, but there's a million prep coaches, there's a million people that do functional health, it's like, most of those people that don't make it as far like there's, I feel like there is a year criteria that comes with seeing success in, in coaching. Like there's kind of a trend over how long it takes in terms of this. And most of these people that are seeing this massive success very quickly didn't have as, didn't have like a ton, didn't have, they had to work very, very hard in those first like eight years to really start to see what people see from year eight to year like 10. It's a foundation. And, and, and like I told you, when I, when I first got to, and we talked about this on the pod, when I first got to that gym and, and we started to do everything through the gym, because of the avenue that that opened up, I actually did get inundated with clients. Like I got flooded with, with new clients and my systems weren't yet developed to be able to handle those clients. So I saw the ability of what, you know, I saw the possibility of what online coaching could be at that point, because I had went from like, you know, never having more than 30 clients, uh, you know, a month to ultimately having like 70 clients a month. And for people that listen to this and they hear people talk about having hundred clients, 125 clients, I think there are very few individuals in the world that can really handle 100, 100 plus clients with any type of efficacy or, or any type of like legitimacy, if you would. Like 70 clients when you're coaching, online coaching is a lot of fucking clients, man. That's a lot of clients. So when I went from 30 to 70, like literally like in, in a very short time frame, I, I'll be honest, I died that first. Like it, I, I literally went up to 70 and then I turned around and it went right back down to like 25. And I'm like, what the fuck just happened, man? Like I was doing $10,000 a month. Now I'm back to doing like 3,000. Like what the fuck happened here? You know what I mean? And it was because my systems weren't in place. My communication was fucking awful. I wasn't getting back to people. I was trying to do everything on Word documents. And like, it just, I wasn't set up well for success at that level. And part of it is because I didn't incrementally grow. You know what I mean? So to your point, I think it's it's never about just those th that short time frame of like, I'm going to go from zero to a hundred. It's like, no, dude, you need to go from like zero to 10, from 10 to 15, from 15 to 25, from 25 to 35. And every single new level that you hit is a level of comprehension, understanding of what it's going to take to get to the following level. Yeah. Well, I don't think what people, I don't think people actually understand what, what good coaching is <laughs> and how much yeah. work, how much work actually goes into making coaching good compared how to what communication. it is. Yeah, I think people think people think like it's just like, hey, you get a response via email or you just get or you just get one word and then you don't talk for the rest of the week. It's like, no, it's like it's like you talk throughout the week, 
you talk at your check-in and then the coach is also working on the back end and worrying you probably do the same thing right where you like consistently kind of look at things and you're like ah go back like sometimes you go back and you look at client stuff and you're like "Mm, i want to make i'm thinking maybe make this change like coming up this week like looking at their data like i do that throughout the week like i'll periodically throughout the week i'll go on someone's google sheet and i'll look at like their daily tracker and i'm like okay i'm seeing these trends already this week and i'll do that like daily for myself and i don't think people understand like what actually goes into good coaching so kind of explain like i guess like guess like kind of explain like your little process of like how you do things like your system of how you actually go about coaching people i mean that's a pretty broad question yeah how, how i go about- I, I, I think it's really dependent on the client and dependent on the case. You know what I mean? I think when it comes to the actual idea of like coaching, I think, again, it's super dependent on the circumstance and the situation, right? So like if I'm coaching somebody, it's like, what am I coaching them for? What is their goal? Like, what is, what, what is the concept at play here? You know what I mean? Am I coaching a female that's going through a hormonal issue right now? Am I coaching a, or, or, or like metabolic resistance, weight loss resistance, whatever it might be? Am I coaching a young guy that's going through a competition? Like, you know, to me, coaching is one of those things where it's like, Again, you have to take the person into consideration. You have to take the goals into consideration. And you have to take their capabilities within that moment into consideration, right? So, mm-hmm. like, uh, just as an example, like, there's uh, and and it, it, this is this is kind of in my mind now because of what you just said. We're going back into some right before we got on this call. I was sitting here and I'm going over a client's blood work. Um, she is a client that's been working with me for a little while now. And when she came to me, I said, there are some things here that we need to look at. She was on spironolactone and birth control, right? So, you know, she, obviously androgen, you know, are, are going to be in the gutter. Um, you know, we can, we, you know, progesterone is going to be in the gutter, but there's obviously some things, there are some things going on there as far as her weight, the last few months that she was on those medications, all this different stuff. The reason why she was on spironolactone and birth control was literally just one thing. You want to guess what the one thing is? Was it acne? Most mind numbing bullshit in the world. Was it acne? Acne. Yeah. I'm like, oh my God. Dude, I just like- got a friend because I just got a friend who got put on spirolactone. So I was like, oh, yeah. I've seen this. I was like, dude, come on. I was like, come on. It's <laughs> like, yeah. It's like, geez. So, so we, so we have a conversation. I, I at least clue her in on what these are because she had no idea what spirolactone is, right? She yeah. thought it was just water loss. And I'm like, all right, let me just. So I send her over a couple of things. I show her what it is. Um, I start to explain to her how that could be impactful as far as the process that she wanted, right? Which was, you know, muscle development and fat loss. Um, and you know, after we have that conversation, she made the personal decision to come off of those things. So right away we're into like a recovery mode for her. Right. But some of the blood work was indicative of not just, you know, some hormonal down regulation from these types of medications that she's on. It was also indicative of her just overdoing it. Right. Which is a typical case that we see a lot where somebody might be on birth control. Um, they're overdoing it a little bit that maybe there are, you know, they're overreaching as far as their training is concerned, as far as our cardio is concerned in a, in a consistent caloric, uh, deficit over and over and over again, or maybe in a caloric deficit and then binging on the weekends or whatever it might be. But anyway, her blood work was very indicative of somebody, you know, the high cortisol, um, moderate uh, inflammation levels. So I told her like, this is more than just a one-stop shop. Like granted, you're going to come off the spear and lactone. You're going to come off the birth control. This is going to be a little bit of a process for us. So it's been, it's been a few months now, uh, no training up front, right? There's no training. It was just steps and it was eat, eat your food, right? Let's track your macros. Let's get consistent with this. She was also like a, 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 a pseudo vegetarian, right? So there's no like chicken, no beef, but she'd eat fish, a lacto ovo uh, vegetarian. So you know, she could get her protein in, but there was always this, there was always this idea that like, I'm going to track my protein, but I'm not going to like care about how much fat and carbs I'm having for her, which, you know, listen, it's not necessarily a bad way of going about it, but when there's also like resistant insulin resistance at play and stuff like that, now you have to be a little bit more careful with your macronutrient disposition. So we got our specific on the macros. The point that I'm trying to get here to here is after a very long time of slowly integrating in just a couple of training sessions, nothing to failure, you know, increasing steps a little bit, working her food up to the point where it is, we just went to go get more blood work back. You know, all, all, all the supplements you could think of as far as recovery is concerned, improving cortisol function, yada, yada, yada. And her blood work is not hormonally much better, right? And, and it would be expected not because of any supplements, not because of anything we did, just because she came off of birth control and she came off the spirit of lactone, right? So uh, hormones are better. The thing is her estrogen was in the gutter, like way in the gutter. Her testosterone was in the gutter. Her progesterone was in the gutter. All three are better now. Um, unfortunately, you know, thyroid still isn't back to where I would like to see it, right? The the TSH is still riding high. Um, T3 isn't, isn't necessarily where I want it to be. 
TPOABs are still registering on the scale where they're slightly there, but not, not, not an extenuating circumstance. They're not like, you know, Hajimoto level 100, 150 or 150 above, yeah, but they're on that. scale. So it's showing some low level inflammation, right? ANA was slightly elevated and uh, uh, high sensitivity C-reactive protein was on the scale. Like again, not necessarily high, but we're seeing a correlation now where we can see some low level inflammation. So, but this is after the girl has done every single thing I told her. So from a coaching perspective, I'm looking at this and I'm like, God damn it, man. Like I thought we did everything we could possibly do. It, it, the one thing we didn't address yet is gut health. So like, obviously there could be some underlying inflammation there. And like, we could definitely attack that. So, but now I have to go back and I have to have a conversation with this where it's like, you know, Hey, I, I know we were doing everything. We were starting to see some life here. Her food is through the roof compared to what she was eating. She's doing every single thing I've asked her to do. And it's been really like adamant about it, like gung ho about it, like ready to go. You know what I mean? So it's like, you take somebody like that, just listen to everything you say. And as a coach, now I have to go back to her at Thursday's check-in and tell her, listen, let's slow down. Like, let, let me, let me just look over this blood work. And literally for the last, ever since Thursday, I've looked, I've opened up her blood work. Well, today I've opened up her blood work multiple times on Thursday, multiple times today. And I'm literally just looking at it. Like, all right, how, how am I going to attack this? And like, now I got to go back to her and like, we're going to have to do, you know, a GI map or something like that. Maybe even just like a, a, a breath test for, I don't know. Uh, but we're going to have to, you know, try to get some more information as far as testing is concerned. But the coaching aspect of it, Anthony, to kind of finally get to the point here is, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things where like now I'm in a position where I have to kind of work her through this process from start to where we're at now. And, and I have to be able to show her and explain to her, not just the reality of what these situations are, right? Because if you're, if you're registering high or even like not high, but on the scale of inflammation, you know, you have to realize that there, that's something you're going to need to fix before your body's going to be in a very responsive position. Right. So like, I have to explain to her what this situation is in detail. Right. I have to tell her exactly what we need to do to be able to figure out, you know, really more truly and honestly, exactly what the issue is, right? As far as testing is concerned, I'm a big believer in testing, testing, testing. So like, we got to get more tests done, which is a cost, right? It's also time frame. Now we got to wait. Then once we get this test back, we got to formulate a game plan. We got to fucking put that game plan into practice. And now guess what? It's fucking July. This girl hasn't been in bathing suit in fucking God knows how long, even though she signed up with me a year ago to be in a bathing suit. You know what I mean? So it's like from a coaching perspective, I really look at it from more of a perspective where it's like all encompassing. It's not just like, here's your game plan. It's like, it's like, yes, that's part of it. But now I also have to get this person in a mindset and in a place where they comprehend it, they believe in it, they buy into it. And they're in a position mentally where they can get a positive result from a positive mindset. You know what I'm saying? So for me, coaching is really true to the word. And, and I feel like we kind of lose that sometimes as coaches where it's a lot of X's and O's versus the actual coaching of the individual, which is like talking to that person, getting them geared up, getting them ready, getting them to buy in, having belief. It's no different than some of these team sports that we see or any sport where you'd have a kind of a, a coach in your corner. Um, so to me, coaching is kind of multifaceted in that sense. Yeah. I, you've made a great point because I was actually going to make this topic kind of our thing today, which is like client expectations and result timing. Um, because I mean, I'm in the same boat, right? Like we look at things. Number one, these cases are about age two, like age dependent when it comes down to like these hormonal birth control cases, gut health cases, like a lot of these things to derive around like age two of the client. And I don't think a lot of people understand that and how much time like being on certain things can actually like make a permanent impact, right? Like I have, I have a few clients right now, like one client was on hormonal birth control for 15 years, right? Gesturin tanked, estrogen tanked, testosterone tanked, right? We run through, ends up, run through first blood work, right? Get, get her cycle kind of regular. Then we run through, then we end up getting a GI map done because she's having all these gut issues, right? She came to me with all these gut issues and I didn't know how to read a GI map when I started with her. So I wasn't confident in ordering one, um, ended up having SIBO. So we had to go and attack the SIBO, right? So we attacked the SIBO hormone. We get blood work again after that, along with another G map, GI map first, first set of SIBO protocols did not work. It still had, she had like five high opportunistic bacteria on her GI map. She still had five high opportunistic on her after running an antimicrobial round. Um, so then we had to go back and look and we got blood work done again. Hormones were still, 
she got her cycle and then she lost her cycle. Like I've been through this before on a few episodes before, but it was kind of like a oof. It was like a we saw a whoosh after she got off hormonal birth control, then then like it went away. Um, and now we're trying to get it back. But you know, and then we got another GI map done. So then we had to run antibiotic route for the for the second round of Cybo. And now we're now we're finally in a recovery phase of it, right? Where I'm hoping that it's done. We're gonna get a breath test at the end of at the end of the re- at the end of the recovery phase of it just to make sure. I'm using this time as like a break for her to not just keep like pounding a GI protocol into her. Like you can only how, do so. How much. long does she run the antibiotics for? 14 days. Yeah, we ran them for two weeks. Right. Yeah. So yeah. it's just like people people don't understand like these things. And her progesterone is still not coming up. So I got to get a Dutch test too. So next time I'm getting a Dutch test. I'm not even going to waste time getting blood work. I'm going to go right to, right this to the. This, this yeah, client is right, clearly rich. They, they have all the money for all the, <laughs> the, all the tests. A lot of, hey, hey, no, it's the buy-in. It's the buy-in. Yeah. I know no, what I'm talking it's, about. It's so, true, yeah. <laughs> but it's just like, I don't think people understand the expectation of time when it comes down to these cases. Like if you have everything tanked and you've been on things for like, 10 plus years you've been doing these things and you know you've been trying to shove all these supplements down because that's what you've been told to do like in terms of that's what you read you should do and like you had to go back and rework the body and like try to get their food back up and like try to get their stress down it's like a lot of these things take months and months and months like for this client i'm almost at a year with her like we're kind of me and you are at the same spot with these two clients like we're at a year and it's like fuck we just want to be done this gut health thing and it's like, that's what the client wants. It's like, well, I want that too. It's just like, Hey, I can't, I can't make the body do something. Right. And I'll, I'll throw another one at you though, because I think it's more, it's more than just that scenario. Right. Because you're, 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 you're like almost narrowing the scope a little bit yeah. to like, uh, you know, somebody that's a little bit older, maybe that's been on birth control for 15 years. Right. Um, where it's like, to me, it's like, you know, especially with some of the clients, I have a young female that's 23 years old, right? She had, she, a breath test showed positive for SIBO. Uh, we went in and attacked it, did really well, actually got another breath test to show that we're good. Like it's done. We're good. We're good. No more SIBO. And like pre- presentation wise, like she looked good. Like her, literally I watched this girl go from, she came to me at like 128, 129, 130 in that range. Right. Dropped all the way down post this SIBO phase to like 115, 116. I'm like, honestly, you're losing too much weight. Like you're fucking emaciated now. And I'm feeding her 250 grams of carbs a day at this point. Like just this tiny little thing. She's like, I can't eat anymore. I'm like, I know, I don't know what to do. <laughs> I'm like, I honestly have no clue what to do at this point. Like stop living, like just stay on the couch all day, like chill out. Uh, but it, and, and it was actually kind of cool to see. But now at the same time, this particular client was going through some situations, right? Um, specifically at work that was just completely and totally stressing her out to the point where she actually ended up going to get a little bit of help. And, and, and through that help, she got a, a leave from work. She got like a mental health leave from work for a month. Um, over the course of that month, everything was great. Again, that was at the point where things were going so well that she was losing so much weight. I'm like, holy shit, right? Now, after that leave a month, uh, after that work leave for a month, she had to go back to work, right? As soon as she went back to work, I kid you not, it was literally like fucking, yeah, like clockwork. Not only does she check in, like two weeks into work, she checks in. I'm like, hey, what the fuck is that? Like, what the fuck is going on there? Are you like, tell me you're, you're like, are you pregnant? Because like, I don't, that can't be SIBO coming back. That cannot be, like, you must be bloated. Like, you gotta be, I don't care what is going on. Just tell me it's not SIBO. And then like, it just got worse and worse and worse until she shows up like four or five weeks later completely. And I tried everything within that time, right? Just got another breath breath test done, positive again, same exact fucking methane base. So it's like, it's it's one of those things where it's just, it, it's not even, the, the problem with her though is like, now we're stuck in this position. All of a sudden, SIBO back, lost her period, not on birth control or anything, lost her period. And it's like, it's all completely, sometimes it's like, the, the, the personality that we're dealing with. Sometimes it is the situations in life that we're dealing with. Sometimes it is um, circumstances within life that you really don't, 
I don't want to say that you don't have any control over because we all have control over where we work in these different things. And sooner or later, if you have a health complication because of the job that you have, you kind of have to weigh the pros and cons of that. But when you're 23 years old, like she is, she just graduated school, got a degree, wants to work in this field, got the job that she wanted in this field. And now it's just so much massive amounts of stress on her. It's kind of like, I can't tell her, to, you know, nor could we ever in any circumstance tell somebody to leave their job. You know what I mean? That's just not reality right away. So it's, it's, it's just this situation where it's like, she's only 23, never been on birth control, but yet with all these different things going on between this and 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 and, and the, the 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 circumstances that she has within life, it's almost like I, I don't know what else to do. Like I really don't. Like yeah, sure, we can go through another SIBO protocol, but is it putting a band-aid on a gunshot wound at that point? It's like you don't have SIBO because of you know uh some sort of gut issue. Like you have SIBO because of a huge lingering stress issue. And I think one of the bigger issues that we have as far as the society is concerned is perception of stress and what actually is stress, where stress comes from, how to manage stress and all these different factors around stress. But the bottom line is with this particular client, again, a young female, no hormonal stuff going on. And it's like this expectation of like, fix me. And I'm like, well, it's, I, I can't, like you literally have like, yeah, it's like, I, how am I supposed to fix that? You know what I mean? Like, I can't, like, yeah. I can't make you think differently. I can't make you like, you know, have a different day-to-day -day life. So it's kind of like working with that person on little things every single time. Like, are we doing our breath work? Like, are we making sure that we get a good quality seven to eight hours of sleep a night? You know, are we not overdoing it, you know, and only working out three times a week for this individual? I love cardio. I want to do cardio. Okay. And she loves cardio, like loves it, loves it. So I'm like, okay, you can do cardio if you really want to do cardio. That's what's going to make you happy. But you can do three sessions a week at 200 calories. And then I'm only going to give you, you know, whatever, five exercises to do for your workout. So your workout is essentially five exercises and then 200 calories of cardio. Go do that three times a week and make yourself happy. You know what I mean? So it's about managing all these little details in some cases just to make things not get any worse. Does that make sense? Yeah, you're playing. Just you're so playing that things don't game. get worse. Yeah, yeah and it's damage. almost like that's the best thing I could do for you until you have a change as far as all these other outside factors. That's right. That I actually, so I have a very similar one. I have a girl, 25, came to me with horrible sleep issues, and she didn't know why. And, you know, she was taking all the things under the sun right again, kind of just trying to figure out. She got her own blood work done, but didn't have another coach read it or anything. She kind of took things into her own hands. Um, some of the supplementation was actually pretty good. Um, but came to me, no hormonal birth control ever. Tanked estrogen, tanked progesterone, tanked testosterone. Insulin, a little bit of insulin resistance starting. It's just like... I was starting to see it all come together, right? It was like all of it. We somehow got her sleep and now I'm still trying to fix her sleep. Like the quality isn't that as great. It's getting better, right? She was going from three to four hours of like broken sleep a night to now like seven and a half, sometimes eight. She'll get between like six to eight hours now of sleep, which I'm like, okay, that's a W. I was like, that's a huge W, but it's just like, hey, I brought her down to like two days of training. Now she's on like no days of training right now and things like we finally got her cycle a little bit regular again it's just like hey we're kind of working through these things and it's like sometimes you do as a coach there are going to be times where you're like hey i don't know like like you have to be you have to be with that client like you have to be really straightforward with with these clients like as much as you don't want to like stress them out anymore i find that i have to be more meticulous in my words but i be more straightforward with what's going on because there's no roundabout way to kind of say, hey, this is happening and we can't really can. And it's something that I think is stress related. And it's hard for you to keep telling me like, hey, you're low stress, but it's stress related, <laughs> but it's stress related. Be under like the perception of stress between us coaches who know, like we could tell, like, I'm pretty sure you could tell, like if you sat there, like in your seat working and you just feel like your heart start to just go up, up and up, up, you feel that. And I don't think a lot of people understand that that is stress, like starting to like creep in. And it's oh, yeah. just, and it's just like trying to coach, trying to coach the little things is where these, is where these hormonal cases really work is really start to recover is through these little breath works, walks, like just sleep, like these small little things that people disregard and don't take it seriously. I tell them, these are the things you got to, these are like homework. Like you got to come to me with like an A, like in your homework. Like I don't expect anything less than that because it's, it's not gonna, it's not gonna help. 
past that. I'm, I'm making periodization. So like my, when you look at like, I, I do what's called like a schedule for all my clients where we have like everything periodized in different blocks. Yeah. And within that, we will go through periods of time where depending on what the situation is, like it, 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 with what you're talking about, as far as like, you know, managing breath work, sleep needs to be within a certain zone. I'll tell people like, Hey, listen, this is going to be uh, essentially a growing block, right? Where I'll start you at four weeks, but I want to see four weeks in a row of you checking in, telling me that you're doing your breath work every day, that you're taking your supplements every day before bed, that you're, uh, you know, sleeping seven to eight hours. And like, I will not move forward unless you're telling me every single week that you're getting these things done. Um, and if you're, if you check in one week and you're like, well, I was only 70% to plan because of this, this, and this we say, okay, you know what? That's cool. Understandable, but we got to add another block to this week. And then we got to add another block to this week. And then we got to, or another block to this phase and so on and so forth. And I don't care if I have to keep you here for 12 straight weeks until we get these habits down. Like these are the habits that we need to move forward. And I've actually lost a decent bit of clients, uh, because I'll, I'll, I'll do that in like the acclimation, uh, standpoint. So it's like, when I'm bringing on a client, like I see what's going on. I'm like, okay, listen, here's the things that we want to still from day one. Like, I do not want to move forward with you until you have these down packed. And it might be a female. It's like, but I just want to look really good in a bikini in July. I'm like, yeah, but I don't care. Like you got to get really good at these things now so that we can be the best that you could be in July. So like, if you really want to be, you know, that way in July, earn it, you know, do these things right now and let's get this done. And then we can move forward. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'll, I'll literally almost give them as opposed to like, like homework is a good way of putting it, but it's almost like an ultimatum where it's like, if you want to get going on this and you want to work with me on it, then you have to get this done first. So here are these things. Let's get really good at this and then we can move on. You know what I mean? Yeah. So and I think that's where it takes the time, right? Like, it's just like, Hey, explain these people, explain getting the buy-in that's going to take time because you've seen it. And I've seen it. A lot of these cases, unless you're like a miracle case, I call, I call some cases unicorns, right? There are some unicorn cases where, Hey, you add in, you add in a little bit of chase berry, like you add in a little bit of chase berry and like all of a sudden their body, like, and maybe like jump start for a few weeks and like their body responds. Right. Like, like there's a few cases like that where they automatically just buy in right away and you just add a few supplementation. Send me one, please. Send me one of those. <laughs> I, need, I need one of those wins. But I haven't lately. found one. I haven't found one in a long, long time. And yeah. it's just like the, the normality is a lot of these cases for me now, at, at least in the severity that I've seen them in can take, 16 to can take 16 months to a two years to really to really work through and it's hard to tell someone hey you have to pay a coach to buy to like that's like the hardest part for people right to see is when you tell them like on that call like looking at their blood work or something like the initial the initial meeting or something like that like like if you get their blood work previously like going through that and you're like hey this is going to take like in all reality it's going to take a long time like to actually fix telling them that that's not what they want to hear right because they think you're paying, they think they're paying you for you to do what they want. Whereas no, you're paying us because you're stuck and we have to work through all these things. And if you're actually, and you're actually what I call a good coach, these things take time, like out of everything. We have one of the best mentors. We have, we both have one of the best mentors in Austin Stout and he's also your coach too. And it's just like, he, he'll tell you straight up. <laughs> like he's like, that's what so I was just going to say. Take me two to three years. He's like, these cases have taken me three years to really even make progress in terms of it. Like he's like, it's that's where I'm, I'm pretty ruthless at this point with, with, with that initial phone call and that initial like conversation yeah. I'm having with somebody like I'll straight up tell him like, listen, you're fucked. Like we really like, this is like, and it's, it's not even, it's, it's, it honestly, it's less of, because we just talked about the idea of coaching somebody and positive positivity and buy-in right and, and 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 that's true we want to get that but i think in some cases it's not i don't want to use the verbiage like break them down but in some cases you have to bring them to a level where it's like i need you to comprehend what the scenario is like the reality check to understand what this yeah a reality check for sure 100 and i like to do that before i get started yes. because again from there i want to say okay listen as long as you comprehend this and you understand where we're at and we're talking not this summer maybe next summer. Okay. Then we're on the same team. We can go with this and we're going to, we're going to murder it. We're going to get it done. We're going to do everything we have to do. We're going to take this week by week, check in and check in. And we're going to be a hundred percent and anything you need along the way, I'm going to be there for you. Like, that's how I like to start. I want to break you down at first, you know, almost like, you know, uh, bring you down that level reality check, whatever we want to talk, whatever we want to call it. And then we'll work you through this process. But I'm telling people straight out of the gate, like, Hey, listen, man, 
this is a you know 12 14 16 months I, I honestly at this point i hate even saying 12 months i really do because i don't give rarely, timelines anymore yeah. i don't give timelines anymore i'm like you cannot give i was like with these types of cases you cannot give timelines anymore because it puts it in their head they're like oh i've been working at this for a year now it's time to go right and you're like no <laughs> you're just like no 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 we're not going that way um and i've seen it and i mean you have to you know a good part about being a coach is being stern to what you hold right and i think this is a part that a lot of people lose sight of when they get into coaching is a lot of people get really and you probably get really close to your clients right like me and my clients i don't have as many like i have like 12 right now and i get really close with them right like i'm very in very personal with them and you have to separate I have that separation line between friend and coach and like coach and like in that coaching realm, you have to have a little bit, I say people, you have to be kind of a sophisticated asshole in a way. Sometimes like you got to lay, you got to know where your, where your ground is, especially on these ones and client expectations. Because if you go in saying, Hey, this is why we don't, this is why I don't give timelines anymore because it, because it just brings that expectation of like, Hey, in a year I'll be better. Like, or something. And I hate doing that now because it's like, no, I'm going to give you a reality check over where your actual expectation is. And I'm not even going to put a timeline on it because that's how, because that's where it is. And I'm not even done fully assessing you. I don't have all the tests that I probably want to get, or I don't have all the things like we just get, you probably just get blood work too from doctors like sometimes. And it's like not even like the full panel that you really want. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's like, tells you I, can't, nothing I, don't, I don't even know what we're dealing with. So I got to go get the blood work. Got to go get all these things that you talked about already. Like those things take time to actually get done. Um, yeah. And I think, and I think people underestimate what results are too. Also in terms of it, like, like getting in, like checking those boxes every day is you're on your way to getting the results, but those are results within itself, like actually changing a lot of people are like, oh, you should just show physical changes on your thing. And it's like, you know, physical changes take a while for these cases. And I'm like, they sometimes actually get worse before they get better. And it's, and it's finding, finding the wins as a coach that's not physical is one of the best, is probably the best way of approaching these cases in terms of it. I have a client. She wouldn't even mind me talking about her directly here. In fact, she'd be happy about it. Her name's Kelly. She's been a, she's been a client of mine um for a, a few years now um and when she came to me she was a a crossfitter that loved to you know do peloton rides um you know eat 1200 calories a day yeah and uh was was scared shitless and going through menopause right she's 43 now i guess whatever she's probably like 39 or something like that we started working together right so you know she was she was all about like we gotta she was all about getting the test done and everything and unfortunately, because she was a CrossFitter, because she was a Peloton rider, because she ate 1,200 calories a day and just overdid it at everything, um, you know, she was the one where it's like the blood work came back and like everything was in the fucking gutter, man. Everything, like literally. And again, no, no birth control or anything like that. Just everything was in the gutter. Um, like you name it, shot. Um, except for TSH. That was the only thing that was like through the roof, right? You're like, Which yeah. You're not like, a good no, thing you're like, gonna... oh, you're like so close. <laughs> yeah. But uh, so... Um, you know, we, we, we go to work and it's like this whole reconstruction of everything now. Right. And like today we joke about it where it's like, you know, her, like, I remember when we first started, it was like giving her 1300 calories a day. It wasn't one of those things where she's like, you know, this is so much food. Like, this is so scary. It was more of one of those things where she's like, I literally can't eat this. She's like, it's so much food. You want me to eat 130 grams of carbs a day? Like, oh my God, Tim, like, this is so much. How am I supposed to, that's a, you want me to eat a half a cup of rice? I'm like, yeah, Kelly, I want you to eat a half a cup of rice, like multiple times in the day. Like that's, <laughs> that's actually what I want from it. Um, and now, however many years later, she eats like a beast. Like she's eating today, she's eating whatever, you know, her, her body weight and protein, 325 grams of carbs a day on training days, you know, like she eats really well and 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 um you know we 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 it took us a while to get things done to your point to, to the point of this entire podcast it's it's now been like three years our most recent blood work so we've had multiple different things of blood work over this period of time she also has hajimoto's so our first goal was to get the hajimoto's under control so when she came to your haji her tpa or tpo abs were like 300 or whatever they're now consistently over the course of the last couple of years 100 so you know much more in control yeah all thyroid levels are are are, are, are pretty 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 well maintained with no medication um just gta forte on a regular basis but um 
we then we went to work on like gut health, hormonal stuff, all that different stuff. And eventually we got to a point, she's in my story right now on Instagram um, because we were talking about this recently. Her body weight over this entire time has barely fucking budged. Like the entire time her body weight has barely budged over like three years. Like she started at like 137 and today she's like 142. And she's like, how come I don't look any different? I'm like, no, first and foremost, and, and, and again, her picture on my story right now, I'm like, you do look different. You 100% look different. Like you have more muscularity in your legs for sure. If you look at her legs, she's the blonde and uh, she's in a bathing suit in one picture. Yeah, black bathing suit with a dancing Joe Biden on her face. <laughs> uh, so like you course. could see the level of muscularity in her legs. Like she's clearly yeah. looking a little bit tighter oh, or less, less, way yeah, less, yeah, less inflammation. You, you could, you could literally, when you look at that picture of her in the black bathing suit, you could see the retention. You could see the inflammation. Like you could see the stress. You know what I mean? Um, and in this, in this most recent picture, though, she looks sharp. She looks good. And like I said, she's eating fucking 300 plus grams of carbs a day, like eating really well, 2,300 calories or whatever she's eating. Uh, no, like 2,200 calories. But anyway, the bottom line is if, if you look at the thing, you know, when she came to me, her progesterone was 0.2. She's 43 years old. Like progesterone to me is like the motherfucker of all hormones, right? Like it's hard as hell to deal with. Uh, it comes and goes as it fucking wishes. Um, right now, her progesterone just came back at nine at the age of 43. Dude, when she first came to me, her testosterone was 17. The last round of blood work we got, her testosterone was 25. And I told her flat out, like, hey, listen, that might be it for you. Like, that might be what we can get for you is might maybe going from testosterone at 17 to testosterone at 25. She was like, I'm okay with continuing to go this OTC, like over the counter natural, because I was telling her like, it might be time to go to a hormonal clinic. It might be time to look for more help. If you really are afraid of like, you know, going through menopause and hormonal downregulation, all this different stuff, it might be time to like, so we stayed natural because she wanted to, we kept going with like the breath work and all this different stuff that we make her do on a daily basis, three training sessions a week, max, you know, and three years later, no CrossFit three years later, we just got our blood work done again. Her testosterone came back at 50, dude, 50. So like her, her hormonal landscape right now for a 43 year old is fucking fantastic. Yeah, like fucking fantastic. But it took three years to be able to get there. You know what I mean? Three years. So, you know, it's, it's perfectly in line with everything we're talking about right now on the flip side of this though, to throw a little, a little bit of a wrench in it. The one thing I think people don't understand in terms of expectations is what is being fixed. And this is a big thing that I've talked about on our show a few times. Um, so for people who don't know, shameless plug, every calorie counts podcast, listen to mine instead of Anthony's, um, <laughs> no, like, I'm joking. There's, there's plenty of time in the day for both. Okay. Um, but what, uh, what I think people don't really realize is like, what, what is the expectation of being fixed? Like if your expectation is getting quote unquote fixed or, or getting things back into a, a healthier range, as far as our blood work is concerned, right. Then from there, we then have to like create the understanding that, it, is it worth going anywhere else from here? Like, is it worth going anywhere? Like, we just got you from a place where your health was probably suboptimal because of these numbers on your blood work. So let's say somebody does come to you and their estrogen is like 50 and it's a female that's, you know, 31 years old. It's like, are you on the fast track for a heart attack by the time you're 36 years old, 37 years old? Like you could very well be if you have chronically low estrogen and you're chronically low testosterone, like, and you're chronically high inflammation levels. Like, yeah, you, you, you honestly could be, you could, I know it's dramatic, but you could, right? So let's get you away from that. Let's focus on the general health. And now let's get these numbers to where they need to be for you to be generally healthy. But now you have to understand this is a fragile fucking thing. You came to me and you didn't even know what you were doing was leading to this downregulation and this blood work. So now I'm teaching you how to get this blood work to where it is. But if we go right back to what you were doing, and I know you think you're working with a coach now, so it's a better way of going about it. It's a more organized way. Yeah, sure. We could do some things as far as like intermittent energy restriction. Like we could, you know, deloads and like, you know, this, that, and third. Like we could do some things to maybe offset some of this metabolic attenuation or, or, or metabolic downregulation that we see during dieting. But at the end of the day, you are still going to be driving that response. And it's like, what is your body's resilience level to be able to sustain what we just fixed? You might not ever be able to go through another dieting phase and be a healthy individual. Like that just might not be part of it yep. for a lot of women. You know, I, I, I have another female right now who I know she wouldn't mind me saying anything. Her name is Anna. Um, Anna is on HRT. Okay. She's on progesterone and TRT. Okay. Um, we, I can tell you right now, and she's another one, Hajimoto's, 
again, worked together for three years, got her numbers into a miraculous places, right? And I told her flat out, like, hey, Anna, last time we dieted, this is exactly what happened. All your numbers are really good. We went through a diet, literally eight weeks into the diet, nothing. Like body's not responsive anymore. Like eight, 10 weeks in, like nothing. We're not getting anything. Send her to go get blood work. All those hormones, we just worked so hard to get into a good place. Back. All in the gutter. Yeah, all the gutter. Thyroid jacked to shit. Like everything is like flagging, right? And like, of course, like she's at the doctor. Doctor's like, I think you have celiac disease. I'm like, shut up, man. Go away, doctor. <laughs> anyway, so- we, we, so at that point, I'm like, okay, for you, like, what is the real goal? This is where we go back to the coaching theme, right? Like we're talking, we're conversating, we're having this, 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 this back and forth where she's like, Tim, I, I just, I really want to be in really good shape. And she's like, that's just something that's always been important to me. It is very important to me right now. Before I, you know, she started working with me, she felt like she had never, she put in all this effort, but never really gotten good shape. So she's like, I don't care if I can only do it once. Like I want to get in good shape. Uh, but she's like, I would really like to sustain good shape. So I'm like, okay, if that's the route you want to go and we see these hormones are dropping every single time we go that route, it might be time for you to consider some sort of replacement therapy to be able to support this process. And, and, and I don't even want to frame it like, hey, we're going to support you losing fat. So you need to take testosterone. That's not the case. But again, to be able to organize her hormones well enough to be able to live the lifestyle that she wants to live, right? So we go on TRT, okay? And the, the, the clinic that I work with, they use testosterone propionate. It's one of the reasons why I work with them. I, I, I prefer the propionate, especially for my women. So she's using this testosterone propionate, right? We, we've been using it for a little while. Everything comes back good. We go into another dieting phase. Sure as shit, same exact thing as last time, right? And I'm like, what the fuck? I send her back because now once I have this clinic that I work with, they'll do blood work for us all the time. Send her back to this clinic to get the blood work done. Sure as shit, she comes back. This she's on testosterone. She's on progesterone. All of her numbers in the fucking gutter. I'm like, when was the last time you took an injection? She's like, I took it on. I took my last injection on Thursday, and I went to go get blood work done on Monday. And literally just that time, her testosterone went into the gutter. I'm actually going to send these to Austin and have him look at it because I'm like, I've never seen testosterone at just fucking twenty for a female that's injecting test prop twice a week. Like that's insane. But it's also my point to that whole thing is that's how sensitive some people are. Like that's how little resilience some people have is like, you just might be that person to where when you go to get in that famous shape that you want to be in, that your body just might not be where your brain, brain wants to go, where your body wants to go are two totally different things. And that just might be a reality some people are faced with. That the best thing that we can do is get you healthy, get you consistent, get you active, get your body you know, willing and able to live within this place that's generally healthy and just sustain that. And that, yeah. that might be it for a person. Yeah. You know, I that might be the expectation. Yeah, being healthy is the best thing you could do for these cases. I'm like, hey, let's not even worry about whatever diet, muscle gain. It's like, where are we at right now? Let's just stay. Let's just get a good like six months plus of being here, and then we'll con then we'll consider our options over where it is. And it's hard to tell someone to to just like keep doing that, but they understand. At that point, they understand things, right? Like you develop that you develop that relationship so well that you're able to tell them those things and they'll be able to take it on the chin and kind of just understand that right away. So I think that's, I think that's so important is actually learning what's healthy for that person. Cause what, cause what people think is healthy oftentimes is not healthy. <laughs> More oftentimes getting, getting shredded is not healthy at all. Um, and as we've talked about this multiple times today, it's definitely not healthy. Um, so you know, it's figuring out what is healthy for that person, um, how to coach that person. If you're a coach listening to this, which a majority of people I know who listen to this, at least my friends are coaches. If you're a coach, you have to be straight up with your expectations for clients. It's, it's a disservice if you're not and you keep leading them on over how long it's going to take. You have to tell them right off the bat because you'll get more buy-in that way from that person if they're willing to give you the effort. And I say effort because it's actually, I find it's more effort to do less than it is to be a bodybuilder. Um, that can be, that's just my hot take for the day there with that. But I think anybody, anybody that coaches hormonal and functional health cases will actually be able to know that it, it that's the truth. Um, so no, 
Tim, thanks for coming on the podcast. Um, before you leave, um, any, any last words you want to say? Any words of wisdom? Um, any, this is your kind of time shine, shout out, shout out anything that you want to shout out, et cetera. I'm generally pretty awful with like these, uh, like when we do recaps, it's like on a very specific topic, you know what I mean? So it gives me something to roll off. I feel like we kind of went all over the place here. Yeah. Um, and you let me ramble though, Anthony, I appreciate you. Let me ramble. <laughs> I like ranting a little bit. You know, you don't, what get, I mean? you so, don't get that many opportunities. You don't get that many opportunities. <laughs> that's, that's, that, that's because I'm, 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 I'm on a show with Brandon DeCruz. And if anybody knows Brandon DeCruz, I think he, he fucking, fl- he's like a fucking robot, man. He just fucking goes. So it's hard to get a word in sometimes, you know, but I mean, no, listen, I appreciate it, man. Um, you know, at the end of the day, I think from a client expectation standpoint, if I want to close off with anything, um, I would just say, uh, you know, you as a coach need to understand what the expectation should be before you can go giving expectations to your client. And I think what we covered today is 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 a pretty real, you know, concept. And I think we're we're almost guilty as as a as a lot of uh, you know people. People that might listen to this podcast, people like yourself, myself, Austin, you know, is another person we mentioned here where we take on some of these clientele and like, we'll brag about it, like I just did in the story where it's like, you know, this person goes to X, Y, and Z. You and I have talked about this on, on, on Instagram multiple times um, where it's like, I'm, I'm posting this picture of some chick that went from, you know, a, a testosterone level of 17 to 50. And that's all I'm putting, but I didn't put in there. It's taken three years, right? You and I have talked about this a couple of times. I didn't put in there that it's taken three three years. You know, in another case, I would see somebody where they take on somebody and they're talking about how this girl got, you know, came to them with really shitty hormones. And now they're getting her, you know, back on stage. And it's like, because they fixed her hormones and now she's ready to diet again. Well, wait, 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 wait. She didn't have bad hormones to begin with a bad hormone. She got downregulated via prep. So you got that on the back end of prep, got her back to to where she was, which was eventually probably going to happen one way or another. Anyway, you just told her to stop working out for a few days, right? So she stopped doing that. You gave her some chastity berry. Now she's great. Awesome. Now you can diet her again, but it's like, you didn't, you didn't have the, 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 the magic pill or anything like that. You didn't do anything crazy to be, that was just going to be the natural. So it's like, we paint these pictures sometimes. So we're guilty. I think sometimes of creating false expectations for clients. So again, I think as a coach, you have to really understand everything that we said here today in terms of, you know, comprehending what somebody's actual expectations need to be uh, before you can go giving those expectations out to people. Because if you're on one of these, you know, go to one of these seminars, like there's great seminars nowadays, like PEC, obviously, I know you were just one of those recently. There's all these different, you, you walk away from one of these classes that you're taking online or one of these seminars or YouTube video or whatever you're doing. And you're like, okay, I know I just need to give them, you know, some jumpstart and some jazz berry and some of this and you're going to be good it's like you're missing it man you're missing it big time and it's like you're giving that person some real false expectations and some and and you could be really making them worse as far as their mental health is concerned so you know it's one of those things where you really have to build a knowledge base as far as what expectations should be and then like i said create buy-in with your clientele from that and don't ever be afraid of taking that direct approach because at the end of the day you'd be surprised once you start to build this relationship with somebody and once you start to show them what a healthy lifestyle is uh, in a lot of cases, I've had clients, you know, where I told them flat out, like, hey, listen, dieting probably isn't in the cards. They'll turn around and say, okay. And I'll be like, okay, well, do you, what do you want to do now? And they're like, well, I'm still going to check in next week because you're like my accountability factor. Like you keep me healthy. So I want to be here so you can keep me healthy and like keep me in check every week. So it's not like you're losing clients left and right because of this. You know what I mean? Um, if anything, you'll garner a better reputation to get more referrals. So I don't know if that was really as concise as I'd like it to be for a closing statement, but I think you guys get the point. Uh, anywhere, anything you want to shout out, uh, any place that people can find you, et cetera. Uh, catch, catch me on Instagram. It's all I got at every calorie counts. Um, you know, anybody interested, you know, they could DM me or yeah, shoot me a DM or email me at every calorie counts, the number one at gmail.com, but that's all I got. Awesome. Well, go take a listen to the rep, go take a listen to this podcast because I was also on it a few weeks ago. Um, I had a pretty cool episode. I would say probably the best out of everyone. Um, I'm the coolest guest possible on that show. No, out of, out of all three seasons and all the all the guests we've had, Anthony was definitely the best. Out of all, out of all the, out of all the hundred ninety plus episodes I've had on, you know, Tim's the coolest. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> I'll repay the favor. Uh, but nice. anything, anyway, guys. Um, if you guys enjoyed this episode, um, first off, go follow Tim on Instagram. Go subscribe to the podcast. Go leave a five star rating and review on Apple. Uh, share it out with friends. Um, share it on your Instagram story. Tag Tim and I if you guys took a listen. Uh, go use code SPADA at Morphogen Nutrition to get 10% off all supplements at morphogennutrition.com. Um, other than that, 
Yeah, we'll catch you guys on the next episode of the Ace of Spade podcast.